How's it going, ladies and gents? Welcome back to the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am your host, Mike Maroney, alongside Mr. Jay Woodson. And he's back this week after a technicality. The lawyers uh, we had look into a few things. He's threatened last week to leave the show if you pronounced homage, homage. <laughs> and McLean Boyd is back. Uh, refuting opinions on the pronunciation of H O M A G E. Um, after lots of Googling, um, it appears that there are multiple pronunciations that are accepted in the English language. Uh, there's actually three homage, homage, and homage. I did some just loose polling of myself. I, I asked a lot of individuals, and they, when I looked at, it, like, why are you asking me this question? <laughs> I would just pull the word up on my phone. I'm like, say that word for me. And it was all over the lot. I got all kinds of different pronunciations. So uh, we did accept his, his, uh, he's back on the show. He did not send us a letter of resignation. Uh, Mr. <laughs> McLean boy, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm not coming <laughs> off my soapbox on this. There's only <laughs> one acceptable fucking enunciation. You know, so we are we are recording this on a on a Wednesday night. We apologize. Um, couldn't do it Monday, and then Jay and McLean were both sick last night, so we've pushed this now to a Wednesday night for us, pretty late in the week. So we apologize for the delay. And McLean, when you texted me last night and said you couldn't do the show, I already had it lined up. I was going to tell the viewers that you were off the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's gone. He said he was going to just bail on the show because of the whole homage, homage, homage thing. And I, did you really? I didn't remember you saying. You said I'm if you, if it's if it's homage. You said I'm off the show. I don't. Remember. Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, boys, like I said, it's been fun. <laughs> Take care. Just wanted to say bye to the viewers and the yeah. listeners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and once I'm gone, you guys can pay homage to me. <laughs> okay. Oh, so good, so good. Um, what are you guys drinking tonight? Um, I am, uh, nothing, nothing crazy. I'm drinking buff trace. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was sick yesterday and I feel like I needed a little, a little bourbon to burn everything off. <laughs> McLean. Uh, Corona light. Corona light. Oh, that's weird. I've never yeah. seen you drink that before. Jason so, crazy. Chico. so I am actually drinking my first sip right here. And Jay, I put it in a little glass for you. I'll go pinkies up a, with you tonight. You got a snifter? Yes, let's go. I've always had them. So here's the issue. Look, that right there was a moment I was closer to leaving than the homage. So you holding up that glass, and now I've gotten to look at both of you motherfuckers drinking. <laughs> I, 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 McLean, you need to, it's so much better out of a snifter. You see, the reason it. I don't use these, Jay, is my nose is way too big. I got to tip my head way back in order to. Makes it worth it. Makes it worth uh, it. To get a sip. Um, I'm drinking Ragged Branch, the pride oh. of Charlottesville, Virginia. Nice. I was gifted a bottle by a buddy. Uh, it's the weeded bourbon bur- uh, bottled in bond. It's, it's actually pretty good. I'm enjoying nice. it. Weeded. You, you're, you like the weeded. I'm a weeded, weeded guy. This was just gifted to me. He just lucked out and he, he bought me a, a weeded bourbon. And- hey, there's a, not that we're a bourbon show, but there's a nice weeded bourbon that you can get 
on the shelves, $29 bottle. It's called Bernheim. It's a, it's, it's good. It's a weeded bourbon. It's very similar flavor profile. I think you'd probably like it. And if any had of the listeners one. like it, they, it's good. You can get it. Like I said, it's on the shelves typically. I've um, seen it. I just never bought it. Yeah. It's good. Let's check it out. All right. Cool. Um, Tip of the get, day. Yeah, there you go. That's for Ricky Sullivan. Um, <laughs> what, uh, any, any takes on the NFL playoffs before we get to the golf? I mean, there's a, there's a, we can go a lot of ways. Well, with that. Let's, let's try to keep it a little, you know, concise. I know that's hard for you sometimes, but I mean, if you ask my opinion, I'm going to give it to you and I'm going to give it to you <laughs> in full detail. Um, I, no surprise that Tom Brady didn't play well. The team's been sucked. The Bucks all, have sucked all year. All year. So not surprised. I was surprised that the Cowboys played as well as they did um, because they've kind of been a little hit or miss as well. You know, the Bills play down to their competition. So no surprise there. They find a way to win, but they always keep everybody in the game. I was talking to, you know, a a good friend and and foundry member, uh, Paris Panya. He's from Buffalo and he, he stated the same, the the same thing. He's like, they just always find a way they win at home, but they always find a way to just play down to the competition. So, um, and I'm I, I actually not very surprised with the 49ers. I really think that uh, they've got all of the tools. Uh, the only thing missing was a quarterback. And, and here we are, Mr. Irrelevant, you know, Brock Purdy. Is, I think they're going to win it all. It would not surprise me if they win it all. They've got he's doing exactly what Shanahan wants him to do. And he's very efficient. And he's good. He was the Arizona State quarterback of the year in high school. So it's I mean. Again, this is we're talking high school here, but it's not like this kid was like a walk on and and what this. I mean, he, he played like, like four, three or four years, right, at Iowa State. Wasn't I, he the starter he started, forever? Started started at least three years at Iowa. So, so I mean, the 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 guy's good, and he's got arguably one of the best fantasy football players on the planet, uh, and for his career with Christian McCaffrey, and then two incredible receivers and arguably one of the top three tight ends in a superb defense. Like that's a good, that's a good lineup right there. I also think uh, Kyle Shanahan is a tremendous play caller. No, he's good. He's really good. He's he's not as good as Matt Patricia with the Patriots, but he's, (laughs) he's pretty good. Well, he doesn't have any Super Bowls yet. So, I mean, that's fuck Matt Patricia. God damn. I hate that guy. It appears like he's fired, kind of, sort of, which is great. But yeah, um, um, but no, I mean, I yeah, good know, I watched watch all the games, so I, I'm I'm pretty in I'm pretty into it. But yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. I mean, I think uh, just quick prediction, like you said, I I do I do think the 49ers will play well. It wouldn't surprise me if it's uh, if the 49ers get past the Cowboys and the Eagles, you know, take care of business on their end and uh, 49ers, 49ers and Eagles in the uh, NFC Championship. And then, you know, everybody wants to see the Chiefs and the Bills play, but I wouldn't sleep on the Bengals either. I mean, they're good. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I, I think whoever comes out of the whoever comes out of the AFC uh, Championship game is going to be a favorite in the Super Bowl for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I still put money on. The Niners, their defense is pretty solid too. You can, yeah. I mean, you lean on a lean on a, a rookie that's only started five games in the NFL to win the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, you do like Tom Brady, and that's pretty much his story. In two thousand and what was that? Two thousand one. 
2001. <clears throat> so he wasn't or a rookie. I, he actually was drafted was, in 2000. But but it was his first year that he he, he actually got yeah. on the field. So I, I, it was 2001, but it was 2002 was the year that they won the Super Bowl, though, right? Well, it was February of 02. It was the, yeah. the 01 season. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, uh, what was the other game? Oh, uh, the, the, uh, Jaguars. Yeah. I, I, that they're not going to win. I'm I mean, so I do like Trevor Lawrence, but they're not going to win. I, I'm so mad that we stopped watching that game. A buddy of mine, <laughs> I, I did too. Watching we, too. We're watching it. It's, it's like 27 to nothing at half, 30 to nothing at half, whatever it was. 27 to nothing. And we just moved a different direction and just kind of stopped keeping pace of it. Um, then to find out after the fact what actually happened, it was just like one of those situations. Like, did did I really miss that? I, yeah. I did, did this. I, I woke really up the next morning. That? Yeah, I woke up the next morning and looked at it, and I was like, "What? What happened? Did I miss something? It was twenty-seven to zero, and then the Jaguars won." Yeah, I went to bed twenty-seven nothing because I hadn't watched. I haven't watched much Trevor Lawrence, and obviously, me being a Clemson guy, I wanted to watch a little bit of him. So I sat down on the couch with a drink, and I was like, "Wow, this is going to bed early again." Um, or four INTs later, you're like, I'm out. Yeah, I was like, oh, fuck. And so I went to bed. My alarm goes off in the morning. I wake up, kind of grab my phone. And there's a whole bunch of notifications. And one of them says, like, the blueprint of charges collapse. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> what collapse? Collapse of what? I oh. couldn't believe it. It was. Did you remarkable. see the guy who bet? Uh, yes. Bet $1.4 million. On the Chargers to win fourteen thousand dollars, eleven thousand. When they were up twenty-seven to nothing, he made a one point four million dollar wager on the money line for them. Yeah, to win eleven thousand dollars. Are you serious? Lost it. Yeah, the the odds were like minus twelve thousand on his wager. Gosh. Like, it, like if if you have that much money to wager on one bet, like what is the eleven thousand? Like, what's yeah, the what point? Is, what is that? What is that? That's you? nothing to you if you're going to drop one point four million on a bet. Why don't you put a hundred dollars on the Jags coming back to win? Yeah. If you want a yeah. little little juice to help get your jollies off in the second half of the game, you know, <laughs> or twelve thousand or whatever it is that your your profit yeah. you would have won, just put that on the Jags and. Yeah, that's oh. bad. That, that was that, bad. That guy that, had a suicide watch. Oh. May not still be with us. He's taking his shoes and his shoelaces and his belt and his ah, oh, another goal for the Bruins. Love it. Okay, all right. Let's go talk some <laughs> golf. Let's talk some golf. We um, what did we have last week? Sony Open. That's right. Sony Open. I watched a decent amount of the early week coverage, um, and then was just kind of. Working the remote, flipping back and forth on on Sunday, uh, but see, woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, wins in uh, that Y line at the Sony Open. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, it, for one, terrible shirt. That was my number one thought for him on Sunday. Just a god awful shirt, and yeah, I mean the guy plays solid. The broomstick. I will say this. I, I, a couple of days ago, I had this stat. Now I don't know where it went. I can't find it again. He switched to the broomstick this fall. In his events, since he's switched to the the long putter, have been 
unbelievable uh, with his putting statistics and his performances. I'll see if I can try to find that while you guys guys chat. But <laughs> I mean, he he had a he had a great little finish there. He had a couple you know putts made and chipped in. What hole did he chip in in there coming down the stretch? Seventeen. Seventeen. You know, I mean. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you heard Jordan Spieth, they interviewed him, and he he thinks that he's one of the most talented guys in the game. I mean, he he said in his in his in his interview after the after the tournament finished, um, and he I think he was the 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 question was about the how how strong the Korean players are on the PGA Tour now, and and they're kind of following suit uh, this similar to how the the Korean dominance is on the LPGA Tour, and we're seeing a lot of a lot of guys on the PJ tour that are just, they're just good, really good. And they're just, um, you know, taking their place uh, on the PJ tour. And, and he thinks he's the leader of the pack in his opinion. And I don't, I mean, I wouldn't dispute, um, I wouldn't dispute his, his claim there with, with Siwoo. I would say Sung JM is, uh, is up there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, they're but between those two guys. I Tom mean, Kim now. And now Tom Kim. I, the one thing with Tom Kim, I will say, I just don't think he hits it long enough. I, sure. I, I mean, it, I think if he has a, if he has like we, I mean, he, where he missed the cut, he missed yeah. that last week. Yep. So it, it wouldn't. I mean, this was that course was tailor made for him. You know, not a long course, a little tighter. Um, if he's if he's a he doesn't have the he doesn't have the link to kind of bail him out. Like, Hey, hey I'm a little off with my mid iron game today, but I'll just hit, I'm hitting wedges. So, uh, but he, he's, he doesn't have that, you know, he's mm-hmm. got to hit, he's got to be on point with every part of his game for him to compete at that top end level. Um, I, I, I think he's great. He's a great putter. And I think his game is great all, all, all around, but to, to compete at that level, at that, that top five, top 10 level, I don't know if he can do it and sustain it, but but you know, back to the point, I, I do think Siwoo is he's he's got an incredible game. Um and like you said, if if his putting stats keep getting better and better, then there's no reason he can't start competing more. He's he's a little kind of Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, he'll go on some stretches for a few months where he's not good. And then but it almost seems like he wins almost every year. You know what I mean? It's yeah, yeah. I mean the guy's yeah. the guy's solid. He's proven that he's gonna stay around, stick around. He doesn't look like he's going anywhere. He he goes about his game. He's got a very a natural swing. He's had a really good motion. It's a good um, golf technically, swing. Technically, yeah. it's very, very sound. Um, but I think he's proven himself. Uh, and, and here's the point that I'm trying to make. None of us were surprised by him winning the golf tournament. And that means that he has gotten him up into that upper echelon of guys to, win your, to where you're not surprised when they win. And he's now considered one of those guys in that class. And it's awesome to see him kind of breaking through. And I, I, I think... He could be on the the cusp of possibly entering that next tier, um, and this could be a good start. This could be a great jumping point for him to take this and you know build on that success throughout the early part of the season, and hopefully uh, get some momentum going into the first major of the year. Well, and like you said too, com- kind of compared to who when you said not surprised that he won, kind of compared to who was going up against on Sunday. Really not surprised. The leaderboard left a lot to be desired. Yeah, a lot to be desired. And he was one of the bigger winners that was on that leaderboard. Um, you know, Hayden Buckley is going for his first and a couple other guys that were going for their firsts. Yeah. And so he was one of the few guys, you know, in the top 10 that had been there, done that. I know what it's like to, to finish off a tournament. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I love the guy's emotion. He, uh, 
I don't know. He started really showing it. I don't know if it's I'm just noticing it now because at the President's Cup, he was kind of going bonkers a little bit. And, you know, he went crazy in that um, Sunday singles match against JT and was kind of giving it back to JT. And I don't know if he's just come out of his shell a little bit. And I just or maybe I just didn't notice it in the previous years. But he uh, he shows some emotion. He gets he gets jacked out there. You know, I. I don't know if you heard this clip. Um, I don't know if it was on Golf Channel, but they were kind of interviewing him. And he's still, he's, his English is getting better, but it's not perfect. But he just, it was it, two different occasions they they asked him about, you know, how he feels about his game and and winning and and winning once, you know, he's won a once, one it, at least once a year for the last couple of years, I would think. Is it not two or three years? So it's not as win. much as I thought. I'm I look at it right now. So he won the 2016 Wyndham, 2017 players. He won yeah, in that 2021 Amac, which is this week, and then the 2023 Sony. So it had been two so, years. So uh, you know, you know, and maybe it's not every year, but he's won four times on the PGA Tour, and I think winning that Players Championship, he just kept talking about pressure. He kept using that word pressure, pressure, pressure. And that was the best way that he could describe, you know, the feeling um, of what he what he's doing, what he's going through. And, and we can't see that from him. And, and it's even hard for us to understand it with, you know, the the language barrier. But he he did understand the word pressure. And I think it's kind of cool that to hear even in even like I said, even in the broken, the broken English, everyone understands what he's trying, what he's trying to say. It's like it, it just there's no way to describe it really other than it's just an enormous amount of pressure to be able to handle that and handle, you know, uh, uh, a win at the players at such a young age when he, he probably wasn't even ready to win that tournament. And for him to like, they'd be thrust into that stage, you know, and, and with that, with the amount of eyes that are going to be put on him as a Korean uh, winning that big event at that, that young, like, Oh, you're the superstar. You're the next guy. And it's like, wait a second, <laughs> this is too much pressure. It's too much pressure. I'm not ready, but obviously he's, he's found a way to put himself and, and supplement himself in, in the, in the talks as being one of the best players, um, which is kind of cool. I mean, it's, I always think it's, it's very organic when you hear, um, you know, some of these, these players like really dive in and admit like how much pressure it is and like, Hey, you know, I was just, I'm nervous, you know, I was nervous out there, but I found a way to get it done. I think that's cool. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's just, it just, it's make, it makes them more relatable. Like, Oh, you know what? I was playing in my club championship and I was, I, my hands were shaking, you know, <laughs> like it, it's no different. Like, I mean, they all go through it, whether you're playing for, you know, 1.8 million, I'm sorry. And, and, or, or just for the club championship for a $500 gift card, you know, to the pro shop. You still want to win, you know. That's a pretty cheap gift card. I mean, what is it? Seven fifty now for amateurs. I'm not in the amateur game anymore. What, is, <laughs> it, is it bumped up? Is it seven fifty or a thousand? What do you? What do you no, you get seven seven fifty. Yeah, seven fifty now. I, I thought you said five dollar. Oh, I said five hundred dollar. Oh, five hundred dollar. Maybe I said it too quickly. <laughs> oh, okay, I was like five dollar. <laughs> Who the hell's giving away a five dollar gift card? <laughs> you gonna buy a frosty? Are you gonna get that? <laughs> <laughs> I Man, I do love. I don't. Frosty. I don't think you can get a frosty. Can you get a frosty for five dollars? I don't think oh, you yeah. can. They're like ninety nine cents. I don't know. Are they still ninety nine uh, cents? They're good. Whatever they are, I don't care. And, and if you go to vanilla, you're un American. You always go to chocolate. That's <laughs> the only way to go. McLean's. McLean's our resident fast food. He's our fast foodie. I got us on that. Absolutely got us. I visited uh, the Waffle House this morning. One of one of America's great establishments. Man, place. I spent a lot of time in Waffle House. That's a good, 
I know you did too. When you're when you were traveling around playing playing a little mini tour golf, you spend some time at a Waffle House <laughs> on a Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday night when you were out with the boys a little too late. You're like, oh, let's eat. It's two a.m. Where are we going? Waffle House. We're going to Waffle I remember House. when I was I was in high school. <laughs> I was in high school. We did a tour of the Carolinas, looking at schools for college. Yeah. And we we're driving around, and I'm like. What the fuck is this Waffle House? They're everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I was like, Mom, Dad, we gotta go to one. It must be good. They're everywhere. <laughs> it is good. I don't care what anyone says. It is good. And the waffle is fantastic. <laughs> I don't think I've actually ever had the waffle at Waffle House. Waffle's fantastic. And limited time, every now and again, you can get the blueberry waffles, which is an absolute vet move if you have the opportunity. Have we ever talked about that fantasy football thing that made the rounds a couple of years ago? Yeah, just been 24 hours in a waffle guy house. I had this guy lost fantasy football league, so his punishment was to spend 24 straight hours in a waffle house. Oh, but he could, for every waffle he ate, it could take subtract one hour. <laughs> That's fantastic. And then the awesome. guy like live tweeted it. It was it was pretty good. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah, I think Dude Perfect repeated that as one of the 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 challenge or the loss of challenges. Okay, they did the same thing. It was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and that's was, tough. And you got to eat. Yeah, you. It, what was it? One waffle. Every waffle you eat takes an hour off of the how long yeah. you have to stay in there. Oh yeah. gosh. Uh, uh, there's a thing going around online. Someone said that, and I'm sure it's not true, but it was still fantastic. Someone said, uh, "Yeah, I applied for a job at a Waffle House, and the first question on the application was, can you fight?'" <laughs> <laughs> That, that just fucking tickled me to death. You know, you know how to scrap. <laughs> that's funny. That is so funny. I mean, Let's, that's half the fun. Oh. Going to the Waffle House and seeing, seeing what happens. Yeah. You just never I'm know. You never I'm know. You. All right. But hey, real quick, going back to the Sony, one thing that did surprise me was Jordan Spieth missing the cut after a first round uh, 64. It, it has, has not happened often. No. Um, it's in like, it happened like eight times in the last 30 years. Shares the first round lead, 64, looks great, and then shoots 75 and misses the cut. And and a lot of those times where it's happened, it's not someone who's unknown, but it's it's someone who's oftentimes found themselves in the lead for the first time. They went out, had a career first round, and now they've got to they've got to shoulder that lead for the first time. And you know, it it puts a lot of pressure on you. Jordan's not that guy. He's been in that situation plenty of times. So there, it wasn't like there was the pressure of being in the lead all of a sudden um, that got to him. It's it, uh, it was certainly surprising uh, to see that. And I had him on my DraftKings team, so of course yeah. I was following it. You did have yeah. Siwoo on your DraftKings team, though. I did. I also did. <laughs> um yeah yeah i i that's this is my qualm with jordan speed like i'll be honest with you like i just can't even when even when he was playing the, the top tier golf seven six seven years ago like i just like he was playing great golf but you just you just know that that it can't you can't sustain that because everything just so many moving parts with everything that he does even his butter like he's just like big forward press and you know, the weird grip and the weird rehearsals, the weird backswing. It's just like, man, how long can you can you do this and and have and not have these kind of crazy, you know, days like this? I mean, everybody has a bad day. I'm not trying to say that you can't have that, but it's like, man, if you were playing that well the day before, it can't be how can you fall off that far when you're leading a golf tournament? So I don't know. I mean, 
it's not I'm, I wasn't as surprised. Like if it had been Rory or John Rahm or somebody like that, that would have been more surprising. More surprising. Yeah. But for speed to do it, I'm like, well, yeah, it's, it's he's got a, a weird more volatile. Yeah, he's a little he's more, a little, vo- little more volatile. He's always been a little streaky. I, I'll give you that. He's definitely a little more volatile. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I can bite there. Uh, what do you What do you make of him buying RV? You catch this? You're gonna start just slumming it around. Well, he keeps missing guts. He may either have to, or he's gonna stop <laughs> doing it. <quickly. laughs> I think he's okay for a little while. Yeah, he's gonna be okay. I am. Yeah, I think he's okay. Good. Yeah. So what? So what is the backstory that I, I briefly heard that is he is he literally just trying to drive everywhere and just stay? So uh, he didn't get into details. So I guess his wife's been bugging him for a couple years. And then they like rented one and did it for a week and said, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. And like he said, he's got the same exact mattress at home as he does on the RV. And, you know, with their, their baby son, they got a bunch of his stuff on there and he just wanted it, I guess, you know, their, their home and air quotes each week to kind of be the same and familiar. And he's, he's hired a driver for it. I mean, he's not driving this thing. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, when they go, from the West Coast swing to the Florida swing, pretty sure they're just going to fly and they'll meet the RV there. You know, yeah. I, I mean, 30, 36 hours of driving. Yeah. From, yeah. is it, do they go from, I'm pretty sure, was it, they go from, to, from Riviera to, to Bay, Bay Hill or Bay Hill or no, they go from Riviera to uh, PJ West to, or not PJ West. Um, PJ National, they go to Honda, right? And I don't even, he may not even play in that. So it may not, no, most people, most people don't play in that anymore. Um, I'm pulling up the schedule right now. So, but, I mean, G- yeah, I Genesis imagine. to Honda. So he'll probably just skip the Honda, would be my, yeah. my guess. And he'll meet um, it probably at Bay Hill the week after. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. I would just, like, it's just, it's, it's one thing to travel. Like if you're on the West coast, oh, I'll take a, you know, two hour drive from, you know, San Diego to LA and then back yeah. up or whatever. Uh, maybe even, I may even do it to, to, to Phoenix, Phoenix. if I want to play yeah. that other week, but I'm not driving in that thing all the way across. I'll fly. I'll meet you there. See you guys. <laughs> See you driver. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was, that was going all over social media. I, I didn't really know what to make of it, but um yeah what so i want to ask you guys what do you make of hayden buckley's swing so i've had a few people come up to me like man i can't watch that guy swing i have a take on it but i want your take first well jay it reminds me of and he doesn't really do it much at all anymore but he used to do it much more pronounced similar to what hayden does justin lauer used to do something similar to that Mm -hmm. back in the day back when played minis with him so did Ryan Moore. Yeah. Yeah. So Justin has gotten almost rid of it entirely, and he's playing some of the desk off of his life. Um, but Hayden's move is just, it's, I love it because it's, it's swing your swing. It's natural. It, as I've only mentioned a million times on this podcast, I love someone that gets up there and makes just a natural motion and just moves the golf ball the right direction. Doesn't worry about putting the golf club uh, in a bunch of different spots trying to be perfect. It, it's something that, as we all know, there's just been very few guys that have made long-term careers with unorthodox swings. You know, Jim Furyk is one of those guys, and he's you know the poster boy for it, and one of the greatest players of all time. Um, especially when you bring in longevity to the to the conversation. But 
like I said, <laughs> there's just a few of them. A lot timing is um, is in, incredible uh, in terms of what he has to rely on uh, day in and day out with a with a move like that. So we'll see what it what he can do and how long he can ride that wave. It's one of those things that to me, it's either he's here for long term or it's going to be quick. I don't think there's yeah. a whole lot of in between. No, I, I agree 100. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of moving parts and. I think you may see some flashes from Hayden and it sounds like, you know, with his post round interviews that he, he was very cool and collected and he said the right things and he thinks he belongs on the PJ tour and he thinks he can win. And that's great. He needs to keep that, keep that mentality. Um, because if he ever loses it, he's not going to win it off of his talent. Uh, and I say that in the kindest way I can, like you look at somebody like Adam Scott, there's plenty of times that Adam Scott didn't believe in his game or didn't, wasn't playing well, but he kept his card and he, cause his damn golf swing is so good. And he just always, he always kept the ball in play and hit greens. And, and even when he wasn't putting well, but if he ever has a little bit of a doubt in his, in his brain about what he's capable of doing, then he's going to, he's going to struggle because it's just, there's just too many moving parts. I mean, well, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, chatter too. Yeah, you you've got to because people are, and he probably already does a little bit because you won't you don't get out there at, in this day and age with all the technology and all the camera work. Like you know what your swing looks like, um, so you don't get out there, you know, uh, being naive and thinking that your swing is perfect. He knows that his swing is is different and unique, so he's he does have that going for him. But if he ever gets to that point where he's got some self doubt, then he's going to struggle. Um, I mean, I, I keep, I use Matt Wolf as an example, you know, and it, there's just, there's so many moving parts there. Um, there's so many levers and so much, so many things working against each other in the golf swing. And there's just, it, timing is inevitable in the golf swing. We all know this, we've talked about this, but there, I think there is a certain element to uh, not relying on timing as heavily as, 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 as some of these, these players. And I, you know, again, I think, I, you know, I wish him the best. I, I don't, I really don't know if we see a whole lot of him, you know, I mean, maybe we see a flash here and there, but I think that's, that's pretty much it. And that's my opinion. I, I, I have nothing against the guy. I wish him the best. Um, but like I said, if he, if he has the, the deepest, most entrenched self-belief in himself, and he hits a thousand balls a day and, and he's really grooving it, then, Hey man, he make he could, he could break the odds uh, in a second, but we'll see. So my takes a little different. I get where you guys are coming from and I can especially see it with a wolf or, or some of these guys. I don't think it's that goofy as some of the other ones out there. My reasoning is if you look at where he is at the top of his swing, it's, pretty damn good it's a little laid off but it's pretty damn good and then the downswing is is really good he's got a ton of rotation um clubs coming down right on his on his trail forearm you know he's got a little bit of movement in his feet but they kind of all do you know it's not as crazy as scotty scheffler in his feet the backswing is just weird and to me it actually looks like a drill i give to some of my students i call it the hinge and hold where i have them Mm -hmm. preset their wrist hinge right at the golf ball and then just swing back in, you know, the, all the, the basically the hand and wrist action is done at, at the setup. And then it's just the rotation of the body that gets it to the top and then and down. So I don't think it, it, yeah. Do I think it might need to be cleaned up? Yeah. 
I think it's a little bit better and not as goofy as far off as some out there. Yeah, n- n- no question. I mean, uh, I, I won't. I'm not saying it. It's quite as drastic as Matt Wolf, but if you comparatively speaking to, if we're just talking golf swing, you know, I don't. I, short game and putting. I, I really didn't watch him putt at all this week, but I, I mean, there's there's definitely something to. You know all those things. I mean, all those guys get in a good good position on the downswing. They all do. Matt Wolf gets in a great position on the downswing, but it's how easy how easy is it for you to get there? You know, and the, the way that I think I it's easy it. for Buckley. I mean, I, based on the, the backswing, I mean, he may think it's easy, but the look of it doesn't look easy um, compared to to other swings. Like yeah, he's, but I mean, where where he sets it at the top is setting it in a way better spot than Matt Wolf. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not. If, if we're only comparing those two guys, yeah, I think he definitely sets it better, but it's better than where Furyk com- sets it. I, I'm comparing him to, I'm comparing them to everybody else. Like that's sure. on tour. Sure. I and get that with length involved and, and so forth, like all that included. Um, and I just think that it's, again, he's, I mean, if you look at it, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. There's a lot of, there's a lot of parts moving on the backswing, a lot of levers like the 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 rhythm of the backswing looks very manufactured. So, you know, you you watch any great player, regardless of positions, you just look for rhythm. Like how rhythmic does this look? How effortless does it look? Um, you know, and you look at if you look at Ben Hogan, you know, you can you, people can argue his golf swing and positions all day, but you look at how rhythmic it is and how fluid it is and the 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 minimal movement. That's what makes it a, an effortless golf swing. His golf swing looks effortful, in my opinion. Like he's sure. manufacturing this backswing. So, again, I mean, positions. If you take a snapshot of the swing, yes, it, it's going to look good because he's he's a he's a PGA Tour player. Obviously, he if he hits the ball solid, he wouldn't be out there if he didn't. Yeah, he gets the club in just, a couple of good positions. Yeah, he gets them in good positions if you're on tour. Yeah. But it's it's how often and how how much effort does it take to get in those positions? And that's where I when I look at you know some of these guys' swings, it's not it's not just positions, it's how how rhythmic is it, how effort how effortless is it? Is it effortful? Like is it taking a lot of a lot of you know, you know, you know, you know, muscle, I don't say muscle memory, but you know, muscle expenditure to get the the club working the way they want, and that's what that's kind of the way I evaluate the golf swing. Not necessarily just in a position because no, I, I understand. The, I'm not just looking at one position, but I still don't think there's actually that many moving parts on his backswing. I don't know. I'm looking at right it's, now. It's a going, it's an early early wrist set wrist set, and then it's just a turn. It's a yeah. I mean, it's a it's an early. I mean, again, we're we're talking and and. Uh, we're talking in the same term here, but I, I think it's definitely more pronounced than most players. Yeah, I would. Oh, yeah, to, absolutely. It's more. Pronounced I would. Than com- most players. I would compare him to Ryan Moore. Yeah, like I said, sure. I mean, if he if he sticks to it and he's confident, yeah, could he win a couple times like Ryan Moore on tour? Yeah, no question. I mean, sure. If he's a great putter, he could. Could he be a uh, you know a, a top ten player in the world? I mean, he's got a big battle ahead of him to do that. He, he oh yeah, I'm not things. saying he's going to be that. I'd love to see Butch Harmon get a hold of it, tone it down slightly, and just just clean it up just, just a little it. bit. Clean it, clean it up, and reshape it. Not reshape, reshape's a bad word. Clean it up is the exact clean right. It term, okay? Clean it up. Exactly. How about speaking of speaking of golf swings? Did you guys see the uh, the clip of uh, Ricky Fowler's golf swing? I was just bringing that up because he gets Buckley's uh, backswing gets in a similar spot as where Ricky played from for a long time. Yeah, for a long time, kind of kind of laid off and. <clears throat> 
and she not as laid off as Ricky used to be. No, um, and that's that's a weird. It's I feel like if you, if you go again, we're, we're not get too technical with golf swing, but you guys all know the golf swing really well. So I always feel like the the natural progression for the typically or historically the best ball strikers would be a takeaway that ends up being slightly steeper than the downswing, right? And Ricky and was more of a a backswing that ended up being a little flatter earlier and he had to steepen the club on the downswing and then shallow. It was it was that the way that the club works and how it works in your hands, you compress all of that those motions into a real short uh, time span, right? So the natural progression is the club goes back a little steeper and then has more time to shallow on the downswing and then it steepens at impact. But if you go the opposite way with Ricky, I think that's where he struggled, was that the club would get back a little too too shallow too soon. And then on the downswing, he would steepen. And then in order to hit the ball solid, he had to shallow it and then steep it again right at the ball. So it was yep. like he compressed that that series of events into a short time frame. And I think you know, historically, Ricky was it was a streaky ball striker, an incredibly great putter. And when he was putting and chipping as well as Anybody, he was he was competing. Um, so I, I, I do think there's something to that. So if it, and I'm not saying that Hayden Buckley is is quite on that. He kind of it's a little bit different. Uh, the, yeah. the series of events is a little bit different in in terms of the sequence of it. But uh, anyone you see that kind of flattens that club early and then has to steepen it on the downswing, I just feel like you compress all of those that natural you know kinematic sequence. You compress it into a short downswing uh, motion and it gets really tough to time it out. Um, but I don't know, back to Ricky though. I, I I think that it looks really good. I mean, again, yeah, I think can you that's do it under one, the gun? Can you do it under the gun? I mean, it's one thing to make a pretty golf swing and somebody do a slow-mo video. I mean, I'm real good at that. You look at all the videos in my phone and I'm in the balls on the range. It looks great. And then I get on the golf course like, but that doesn't look like the same swing. <laughs> As I shank it in the water or chunk it in the water or whatever. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious to see what happens with Ricky this year. I don't know. I want him back and, you know. Who has he our, been working with? Who's he been working with? To, well, he went, um, he was go, with John Tillery. Didn't he just yeah, go back to Butch? Death, I, I thought I heard he just went back to Butch. Which um, is probably. I'm, Googling, a good I'm Googling this real fast. So he had left Butch. He was with John Tillery for a few years. And that's when he really struggled. And then, yeah, he just, at the end of 2022, he went back to working with Butch. Come on, Ricky. Ricky to win a major in 2022. Let's go. Butch with the the golden, the Midas touch. There's there's another reason we need Ricky to win the uh, major, but we'll take that off air. Involves an old tweet from Paige Peronic. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Any more? But, uh, actually, let's. What did she say? I know that it was good. She said, "If next up, she'll." She just show. said, "If Ricky Fowler ever wins a major, I'll I'll reveal the girls or something like that." Oh. <laughs> That's really Come on, Ricky. I don't think my wife listens as far into the podcast, so we're all right there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, does Ricky know that? I mean, <laughs> I think that's why that's why he's been in a slump. <laughs> too much pressure, like C. Wood said. C. Wood said, "Pressure, too much pressure, too much pressure." 
Every male in the world that plays golf is rooting for Ricky to win a major. <laughs> Absolutely. And all of us have to tweet her immediately like, all right, you said it. Let's have it. Well, Re- retweet his uh, new golf yeah. swing and, oh, and tag her on it. Put it on tweet notifications from her if he ever gets close on Sunday <laughs> of a major. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else on the Sony? No, I'm glad that we're back in the states. I, the Sony is like a fun precursor to the to the year, in my opinion. Um, now I know there's a fall series, and that's kind yeah. of a wraparound, but the Century is kind of a you know it's it's a nice fun tournament. There's only less than 40 guys play every year, so um, but then we get to Sony, it's like okay, it, but it's still like completely different, you know, different grass, different setup, dip, not a real. Shouldn't say not a real tour course. It is a tour course, but completely different Seth, from the majority. Seth of the tour design. Oh, it's way different than. Yeah. yeah, no, no, it's a great golf course. Just completely different than what we we're, we normally see. So it's just you know it's good, and then we get back over back into uh, back over to the West Coast, and now we start to see some some more traditional golf courses that we see on the PGA Tour. So yeah, I think it pushed that field to like forty eight players, fifty four holes. Yeah, I think I think they'd have something. The Sony push it to, for the 54 players. No, he no, wants 48 no, players, 54 holes. The century. The century. <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh, God. So Netflix, the new Netflix show, Full Swing, finally released their trailer this past week. It's going to be available to the public on February 15th. I can't fucking wait. No, I'm pretty excited. I actually just watched. Did you see that they just released Breakpoint? Uh, it's the same thing. The tennis the ones. Tennis. Yeah, I, I binged those first five episodes quickly, and I, that made me both excited, but also sad for the uh, PJ one. The, yeah, whatever. What is, I can't remember the full name. Full swing. Full swing. There it is. Um, when that comes out, it's like, man, am I am I going to be able to get through this that quickly? I'm going to be yeah. disappointed. I'm going to be wanting more so fast. Yeah. I think they said they're going to put out all the whole first season in one fell swoop like they normally. So yeah, ten, be, ten episodes, it's whatever. It's, I'm not sure if they've even announced how many episodes it's, it's going to be. Yes, but. do we just do we all just uh, get together in, in the morning and just, just watch, a, binge watch ten hours of? We'll do a live stream. We'll put on YouTube <laughs> a live stream of us just, <laughs> just watching uh, it, commenting on it. Yeah, but you know the the I think we should do like a weekly breakdown. Maybe we'll go oh, week by week. Cover it. We're going to cover it it's and break an down absolute, each episode. Absolute segment. So uh, again, the big surprise. Um, if you hadn't paid attention to the information that was coming out about this show and prior, it probably wasn't a surprise to you. But Rory McIlroy was not on the initial list of who they were going to follow and who was involved in the show. And then trailer comes out and they kind of set it up like you know, quiet on the set, and then Rory sits down and say action. And so they got Rory involved, like, I guess, halfway through the year. They finally talked him into to being a part of it. I don't know how much of it. It might just be for a couple sit-down things. I'm not sure if they were at his home with the cameras like they were with a bunch of the other guys. But, yeah, so Rory's involved. Um, a few live guys are on it. It's going to be it's gonna be good. I'm just going to just fucking throw up watching Ian Poulter, but it will be good. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, getting Rory is like getting like Tom Cruise, Denzel Washington, or, you know, like the top actor in Hollywood to like 
commit to doing like your your you know blockbuster you know, film. yeah mid mid budget you know well i shouldn't say a mid mid budget film but it's like it started as a mid budget film and all of a sudden you get like some of these top actors and then it turns into a you know like a home run you know yeah well it's just it, it's it's incredible how well timed it is oh it's that perfect. to me is just absolutely unreal i mean and i think if i'm not mistaken does it start before that's what I thought. It started before the separation. Yeah. So it, we're they they to started a, recording last year at Tory. So that was January. Yeah. So we'll get to see a, a insider um, perspective of possibly how some of these guys came about their decision. Yeah. Uh, and maybe learn a little bit more and have obviously more insight than we've had um, to the entire situation. Oh, absolutely. I think you will. I mean, what it's, it's uh, Joaquin Neiman, Poulter, Kepka, I think are the three live guys. And then and Mito Pereira, who is now a live guy, he's on the show. Um, yeah, hasn't been a, no a surprise. officially announced, but that's been a, a, a rumor that's been kind of been confirmed. It was a rumor for months and months and months. And that's finally been confirmed, I guess, um, even though they haven't live hasn't announced it. But yeah, so I think there's three three live guys on the show. I might I feel like I might be missing one. Um but yeah, so that obviously Liv's going to play a huge part, or just the you know the theme of of Liv will play a huge part in the series, and uh, and it'll be just cool to, to get a sense of these guys' personalities, what they do at home, yeah, you know, some of their workout regimens or how they get prepped for a tournament, and I, I I'm I'm a little nervous it's going to be below us, as in they're going to be trying to talk to the non-golf fan, right? I yeah. think there's going to be some things as us golf sickos that we're just kind of like, okay. I already you know. know that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Thanks. Or we're going to even notice things. I know like the Formula One people, the people that were big into Formula One before their series came out, I guess they said like some things weren't in chronological order or some things didn't match up. And like, we might notice stuff that a, a non-golfer won't like when, when they interview like Rory at like the players and but they're making it seem like they're interviewing at Tory, you know, and, and yeah, like, or something like stuff. that. Yeah. Yeah, that would that will that will be annoying um, and, because it's that and it's no different than when the Golf Channel has tried to do like uh, some of these reality shows. Uh, like you know, chasing the dream or something like that. Like, hey, I already I can look pipe up. Dream. I can I can look up the scores. Like, I know what this guy shot. Like, you're taking the suspense out of it. You know, if it, you you really have to. The only way it's going to be captivating is if you dig into the drama outside of golf. Like, less about the results, less about the scores, uh, because we already know those. More about yeah. like the behind the scenes. Like, who are these people? What what's the drama leading up to the tournament? Not the result of the of the tournament, but you know what's going on behind the scenes. Oh, so and so's, you know, broke up with his girlfriend, or th- they have an issue going on with their personal life at home. Like that, I, that's the stuff that is going to be more interesting to me. And like you said, the the insight in terms of why did you decide to go to the, to the live tour? Yeah, those are the things that people want to. I think I think that most golf fans want to see because again. We we already know the results, so you're not going to add any suspense to 
how did they finish in the tournament or anything like that? That's that's pointless because it's already that's yeah. But that's I, a, that's I a part of. Uh, I don't think they'll do that because they're they're I will too, say too good. That in watching Breakpoint, for example, obviously it's a foregone conclusion they're covering last year's events, and we know those outcomes. I'll say it it affects two two people differently. You're really close follower, your big fan that follows everything. You know, he knows what those results are. There's a lot of people that don't know all the results and some of the little stuff. I will say, I think they do a good job of bringing kind of an insider perspective and some of the inside the rope drama that's happening during this, that still makes it interesting, regardless of whether or not we know that result. That's at least how I felt watching the, uh, Breakpoint, the tennis one. Yeah, well, good. That's I mean, that's kind of what we were just saying. I hope they they end up doing that with the golf because yeah. that's kind of what I, I'm. That's what I would like to see because I, I want to get some of the I want to see some of the inside the inside scoop on on what's going on. Like like we said, I, the the result is not as as meaningful to to us because we already know it. I want to hear you know what's the decision making going uh, going on in, in these players' brains like outside of being on the golf course, like, what are you doing to prepare? Like, what are you thinking about this round, you know, given the the situation and where you stand for the tournament and where you stand for the year in terms of the money list, you know, all, all the things that we don't, we don't get privy to, uh, to see, you know, on a, on a weekly basis. So, it, and I'm sure that they do a pretty good job of it um, because, you know, they put a lot of money into it. So they, they know what people want to watch. I hope. <laughs> so I did. I did forget one live guy, DJ Dustin Johnson's in it too. I I forgot him. Um, but also, not only did they pick a great year with, you know, the whole live shit, but three of the guys they're following won majors too. Yep. They're following JT, Scotty Scheffler, and Fitzpatrick. So you're going to see the inner workings and what's going on with these guys while they're going through winning a major, and then the after. You know, what do they do? I think some fans will be fascinated by the the press and what these guys have to do once that final putt goes in and the press conferences yeah. and all the interviews and the photo ops and you know, that's so that, cool. I think that's that's pretty cool too. You know, they and they got they Vito Pereira who who made that awful was it bogey, double bogey to the double bogey to miss the playoff at the PGA. Yeah, that was brutal. I I was just thinking about that the other day. It cost me a lot of money. Um, but anyway. <laughs> That's for another day. <laughs> so Cam Smith is not in this at all, huh? No. Oh man, if they had got him, that'd have been four for four with the It'd majors. Be that'd have been inc- incredible. Yeah, would have. I think it's it's just funny though. Like even like a guy like Mito. I remember when the list first came out, we were talking about him. Like, oh hey, pay attention to this guy's come off the Corn Ferry Tour. You know, and I remember seeing his name on the list. I'm like, oh, that's cool. We're going to get a guy that no one knows, no one's heard of. And now all of a sudden, everyone knows who Mito Pereira is between his play and now the whole live connection. And yeah, so they 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 nailed that one too. They could have picked a corn fairy guy that did nothing on tour, and yeah, no one knows. But yeah, I just I can't wait for the 15th. So uh, actually, some more some more live news. Do you guys see him? They might have a TV deal. With the CW, yeah. <laughs> see, I mean, McLean, you can you can watch live on the CW, and it goes right into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was just about to say, are we gonna watch little, Dawson's Creek on there too? Yeah, a little I, Gossip Girl. I, 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 don't, I, mean, I I've got a good cable package. I, I don't even know what that channel is. <laughs> I, I think I I'm it. pretty sure most people have the CW. I think it's the pretty 
standard. But yeah, I don't know. Hey, they're on TV. This is what I'll say. They're on TV. It sounds like we don't know the terms of the agreement. It sounds like the CW is not paying them. Um, but there's going to be some sort of revenue sharing when it comes to, you know, all the ads, that kind of stuff, you know, for them to make their money, you know, I guess Liv's not paying them and CW's not really paying Liv. <laughs> you know, it's going to be funny right before, you know, at the end of the commercial, when they always go to the station commercial is always the last commercial for it cuts back to golf. And it's literally going to be coming up at 10 Dawson's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Do Pacey and Joey. Rekindle their love. traveling pants. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got on it. I just wanted to make a Buffy the Vampire joke, and that was really all I reason I wanted to bring it up. Well done. I mean, <laughs> it's incredible timing. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, I, I'm still shocked. Every week that goes by, I'm still shocked there's not bigger news coming from them. That we don't know these teams yet. That we don't know who else is going. That we you don't know the full schedule and where they're playing yet. I, I just thought they would be in the. I know I said it multiple times on this podcast in the last two months. I thought they would be in the news incessantly and annoy me with how much of it. And it's just yeah. I keep waiting and waiting and waiting for some sort of big live thing to break or for them to do something, and that just hasn't come about yet. Yeah, it definitely yeah. feels like they've they've been reined in a little bit by their financier. You know, they were good with putting a bunch of stuff out there when the perspective of revenue was uh, much higher than it is currently. Who's who's and, their financier? The Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, it, it just feels like the rain, the reins have been tightened a little bit. So we'll, it'll be very interesting to see how they come back. You know, I, I can only imagine they're they're still going to be well funded this year, but that's all going to be it's all going to determine how good this TV deal actually works out for them. So because some other you can't think that they're happy with the CW and that's where they find their long term partner. Like that has to be a stepping stone in their strategy. Because yeah, it, we don't know the years too. But is it just a yeah. year by year thing that they're doing, or you know? Yeah, it, it'll be. It'll be interesting. We won't see a golf commercial sandwich between Cialis commercials for the first time ever during during coverage. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to start watching the CW now to see what kind of ads they have on there. 100. Can they bring the frog back? <laughs> bring the fucking WB frog back. Yeah. <laughs> so some live adjacent news. Um, a few players have gotten permission from the PGA Tour to play in the Saudi International, which is Used to be a European tour, DP World Tour event. It's now an Asian tour event. It's going to be um, basically a live preseason event. I think they said of of the sixty, I think sixty four players played in a live event this year. Sixty two of them are in the field at the Saudi International. Really? Yeah, sixty four huh. guys teed up in a live event this past season, and sixty two of them are playing at the Saudi international uh, cam champ. There's been three names that have, have been leaked. I guess that have asked for permission cam champ cam young. And I'm blanking on the third. It wasn't, uh, Oh, it was uh Lucas Herbert, the Aussie. So the only one that really is intriguing there is cam young. If there's any kind of tie in, if he's playing in this essentially funded by the same people that fund live, you know, is are they trying to get him? Is he 
thinking of going and his name was rumored back in the fall of going, but then his father came out and said, no, he's not. So I don't know. I, I know I did hear John Rahman in an interview today speculate that some of these guys had signed contracts for a, like a multi-year contract to play in their Saudi international. So he was speculating maybe did, did Cam Young sign a, a couple of year deal and he's just honoring that. Uh, oh, that could be, I don't that know. Could be true. Yeah. So. That could be true. But Cam so Young's certainly the an only one. Of big names. There's certainly an absence of big names in that list. You got to think that those guys are trying to separate themselves as much as possible from it. Yeah, maybe. Even guys and, and that, historically played in it. I, I would assume we're going to hear a few more names of a few more guys. I want to say there were six guys that asked for the PJ Tours permission to go over that they granted. Uh, we've only gotten three of the names. So um, I'll see. We'll, we'll be curious to see those last three. But I don't know. Just kind of something to keep an eye on um, the Cam Young situation as he's still a PJ Tour member in a couple months or not. So, all right. Anything else? You guys have any news and notes? Or do we do we want to go to our picks? Let's see some picks. All right. Yeah. I I finally got off the schneid. Finally won a fucking DraftKings. It's been like three What's, months, four months. Has it been four months? Is that I don't know since I've won. It's been a while. <laughs> what's the uh what's our what's our new tally here? What's so the update? McLean is at 41. Jay is at Jay is at 30. I am at 28. God, we're 11 points behind. You're 11 points. I'm 13. <laughs> so we do have a good field uh, this week. We got 10 of the top 20 in the world playing yep. at the American Express. You know, there's there's three courses. Going to be a birdie fest. They've had multiple 59 shot at this uh, tournament over the years. There's always a lot of 60s, 61, 62s going to be dropped. You know what? I'm going to call it. There's going to be a 59 this week. Let's go. I'm calling it right now. I mean, I don't think you're too far off. I mean, it's like a plane in a dome out there. Here's a, here's a cool tidbit of what could happen. We could have two number one players in the world after this week. Did you by chance see the John Rahm interview where the reporter said, so you're ranked fourth in the world when you cannot become the number one player this week. Patrick Canley is ranked fifth in the world, and he can become the number one player in the world this week. And John Rahm just started laughing, shaking his head. He's like, is that really possible? I mean, it, was, <laughs> it was incredible. That was yeah. good TV. That was good it's, TV. Um, so that he has won. So if Cantley wins and Scotty Scheffler finishes solo eighth, they will have the same exact number of points at number one in the world. Oh, really? Yeah. And Rory would then technically be number three. But you could have two number one players in the world this week. They could have a tie for number has one. Has that ever happened? I don't think so. I didn't on my own for sure, but I can't imagine it has. That would be pretty incredible. I mean, they go to the – do they go to the the hundredth of a hundredth? Point? Yeah. So, I mean, that would be – gosh, that would be almost impossible. Almost get, impossible. But, I mean, the not impossible, but almost, almost impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Um, that's wow. Incredible. Well, then I'm going to root for Cantley to win and and Scotty for a solo Scotty eight. Scotty Scheffler finished solo eight. Let's go. Let's do something crazy. Let's I'm going to be go. like, come on, this guy is putting for bogey, putting for par. He's a tie <laughs> with him. He, he needs to miss this. <laughs> uh, all right. Who wants well, to go first? I'll 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 roll through mine quickly. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I did look at this quite a bit. 
bit since we have more days to look at it. Um, it's a pretty balanced lineup. Uh, I don't think it's a uh, crazy, crazy lineup, uh, but there was a lot of, it was, I felt like it was, a, it was a pretty big discrepancy between the top, maybe 10, you know, maybe not even 10, seven or eight guys on the, on the list. Uh, and then after that, it just was a bunch of, bunch of the same, bunch of the same. Um, so anyway, I'll start from the top on this one, uh, which is going to be less, uh, uh, less of a, uh, <laughs> a fun thing to listen to, but it's all good. Um, you just spoke of him, Patrick Cantley. I'm going to be pulling for him. Uh, I've got him at, at 10,100. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's played his tail off here. I mean, you can go loves through the stats. Place. I mean, he loves the place. He's kind of a, he's a Cali guy. And I know this is a little bit different kind of golf, but still he's in his home state. So um, I got him. Uh, then I dropped down to Brian Harmon, another guy who loves this place, 9,300. Um, played really well here. And he's been playing pretty well of late um, as well. So um, then uh, Adam Hadwin, who's also played well here in the past. I, I, I hit I hit pretty hard on uh, on past experience on this golf course. Um, because I think it's a pretty unique place to play. Um, you've got a couple factors that go into it. It's you know three rounds uh, before the cut, and it's a it's a pro am. So you have to find guys who enjoy being around ams while they're playing in a tournament. And it's not not everybody's fit for it. So if you have some success playing in this event, uh, Pebble Beach. And then this is this is the right event for you, um, and obviously Pebble Beach is a lot more a lot more of the um, you know conditions are um, you know up up uh, you know in play there. But this is you know like I said playing in a dome. But then I drop down to Taylor Pendrith, who again just a, a I don't know what his his course history is here. I don't know if he's ever played it, but he's he's playing good golf and he's he hits the ball a long way. Which certainly will will help at, at this golf course because it's a birdie fest. So you you're going to have to take advantage of uh, of all the birdies that you get um, or have the opportunity to get here at this golf course. So um, rolling with Taylor Pendrith at eight thousand, and then um, another another guy with some good course history, Brendan Steele, seventy four hundred. Um, you know he's kind of a, a mid tier guy here, but he's he's shown that he he likes this type of golf course. Again, another Cali guy. Uh, and they just seem to play well in their home state. Um, and then last but not least, at seven thousand, kind of a sneaky pick. Nothing, nothing crazy. Did play well last week. Nick Taylor, um, uh, he just fit the uh, he fit the price tag. And you know, coming off of a good week last week uh, with um, not too bad of course history there either. Um, I figured I'd give him a shot. So that's it. That's that's my crew. That's my that's my that's my team. It's your ride or die. Ride or die. I appreciate you rolling through it so quickly. <laughs> Did that for you. <laughs> as you as you mentioned. Immediately I, goes that, into a die. That was pretty quick. That was that was under two minutes. <laughs> that was, was pretty quick. It was amazing. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and get this knocked out. So look, I'm starting at the bottom. 6900 Carl Yuan. Yuan, Yan, whatever it is. Uh the guy has the most amazing finishes homage, golf swing. homage, whatever. Yeah, I'd pay homage to that golf swing. Um, <laughs> he, he does some wild things with the golf club stuff that you just never see, but he, 
has played well in his uh, couple events that he's played on tour so far and has shot a bunch of good numbers. He was in contention last week and ended up finishing um, a little slow on Sunday, but ultimately uh, I, I almost picked him last week for the novelty of it. And then when I saw him in contention, I was like, my God. So I, I got to go back. Let's give it to him again. I'm, I'm looking for him to uh, continue with some, some solid play. Uh, moving up from there, I've got the Bo Show, 7,000, Mr. Bo Hostler, a guy who I just I just like his game. I think he's solid. Uh, I think this is a place he can go out and, uh, and potentially start to climb the ranks a little bit. Um, another tour vet guy who makes a lot of cuts on courses like this. Um, it's going to be short, tight. He's going to be right there in the middle all day. Mr. Russell Knox at 7,100. And then moving up, uh, this is where we got to go horse for a course. Brian Harbin, 9,300. Jay's already got him. Uh, then moving up for another guy who's had some success here, uh, 9,600, Mr. Will Zalatoris. And then finishing off my team, Jay already mentioned him, the winner of the golf tournament, Mr. Patrick Cantley. Mm. Yep. All right. Well, I'm going to give you five of my guys. Because I also have Cantlay. <laughs> All three of us have Patrick Cantlay this week. Uh, so I'll, I'll start at the top as well. 10,100. These guys have said it. Plays right here. My my top four guys are all in the top 10 strokes gained at this golf tournament. So top four, very horses for courses uh, approach here. Uh, my you got next Hoagie guy, in there. You nope. got Hadwin in there. I got, okay, I got Hadwin in there. Uh, plays well here. Uh, just a solid, steady player. Uh, played decent back in the fall as well as his first event in a while. Then I have I have Cam Davis, eighty eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays well. Didn't play last year, but had a, a solo third the year before. Then I have uh, Andrew Putnam. Guy's been playing really, really well. He has been for well. months and months and months now. I've taken him a bunch on this. He has not let me down. Pretty much all top 30s uh, at this event over the years. So I like him. Then a couple sleepers. This guy I gave you as a, as a year-long sleeper, Thomas Dietrich, $7,600. I think he could light it up, make a bunch of birdies with these guys at, uh, on these golf courses this week and get his PJ Tour calendar year off to a good start. And in this last one, I'm, I'm reaching a little bit, $6,600. <laughs> Harry Hall, the pride wow. of England. Harry Hall can putt the boobs off the ball. And I'm hoping he does that this week. It's a flyer. I needed someone deep down there. And so Harry Hall, $6,600. just going to light the lamp with his putting show. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't know who the hell Harry Hall is. Um, but I, you, you know, will after this week. I will have this week. Or okay. he's going to miss the cut. <laughs> and we'll talk about him again next week because he missed the cut. <laughs> so there it is. Yeah, a few names we have uh, uh, similar. I guess we're all on the Cantlay train because I'm not really paying attention to him this week. Anymore. So, yeah. So now I'm relying on these other scrubs that I picked. Right. <laughs> Great. Watch out for Carl Yuan. Is that how you say his name? I don't know. <laughs> going with it. Uh, awesome. I love it. Um, that's it for us. Um, we may have some different scheduling or different shows for you next week. The 
Emergency Nine crew is going on the road. We are going on the road, convening in Orlando, Florida, not too far from the villages. No, we're going to <laughs> the PGA merchandise show is next week, and we'll be down there together. We'll kind of cruise the floor a little bit. We're going to play a little golf, so uh, we'll see what special content we can uh, deliver for all of our listeners. So keep an eye out next week for some, uh, hopefully, some fun stuff. So, awesome. without further ado, gents, you got anything else? No, man. We're good. I'm excited for next week. All right. Awesome. Thanks to all of our listeners. We appreciate it. Cheers. Later. 